Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And who's that handsome face next to me? Well, since the Astros-Yankees rivalry has become so massive in recent years and because they could be on that collision course, I figured, hey, why not bring in somebody from the enemy camp? So joining me is Andrew Rotondi, who hosts an insightful Yankees podcast with Scott Ryan called The Bronx. The Bronx Pinstripes Show. Thanks for stepping over enemy lines, Andrew. No problem. Appreciate you having me on. Always happy to talk uh, to an Astros fan and uh, duke it out. Although you guys have been getting the better of the Yankees on the field, which makes makes it a little bit frustrating for us Yankees fans. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a good run. Uh, I, I can't believe we're kind of where we at in the Astros and Yankees rivalry. And I, I just want to remind everybody, the listeners, real quick, to subscribe on YouTube. Tell us your thoughts in the comments as well. But I want to talk to you about the trade deadline in a couple of minutes, but first, I'm sure Astros fans, they're they're dying to know, what's the temperature of the Yankees fans' hatred towards the Astros these days? Is this Red Sox territory? I think so, yeah. um, I actually talked about this on a recent episode of my show. We, uh, We were talking to Jeff Blum, who I'm sure you are well aware of. Jeff Blum does color commentary for for the Astros uh, local sports network. And uh, because the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry, uh, or excuse me, because the Yankees-Astros uh, rivalry has been so heated and they've knocked the Yankees out of the playoffs and obviously all of the cheating stuff, it has gone above the current Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. It doesn't help that the Red Sox are not very good this year. And other than, I mean, last year they did bounce the Yankees in the wild card game, but I don't know. It just fans did not have the same hatred that they have towards the Astros because they feel robbed from 17 and 19. And that's really what it comes down to. They feel like the Yankees uh, maybe could have beaten the Astros if it weren't for the, the cheating allegations. So I do think it is ahead as far as hatred goes uh, of Yankees Red Sox, which is amazing to say, because I didn't think I'd ever see another team be more hated by Yankees fans in my lifetime. Okay, let's start with 19. Uh, I believe there's a guy on your team that said he didn't see anything going on past, I don't know, maybe the beginning of 18. His name's Garrett Cole. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but that that's goes for 19. But just in general, are there Yankees fans that understand they're throwing rocks from a glass house when they call the Astros cheaters? That doesn't matter because the <laughs> because perception is reality. Whether Altuve was wearing a buzzer or not, like most most evidence is pointing to that he wasn't. It does not matter when you're dealing with irrational sports fans. So they feel that the Astros were cheating in 19, just like they were in 17 and 18, which they were found to be guilty of. So it, it, whatever the evidence says, it doesn't matter. That's how fans feel. That was the so so. It's like I, you know, do I believe the Astros were cheating in 2019? Yes. But, you know, so that's just the reality of it. I don't think they suddenly stopped in 20 after 2018. How does that make sense? They weren't caught yet. You guys understand you've got Garrett Cole and Marwin Gonzalez. So you guys are cheering really hard and nobody benefited more than Marwin Gonzalez from the cheating. If you look at the numbers, he, he had a well career aware. year. <laughs> well aware. Marwin Gonzalez is the last player on the current Yankees roster, though. So it's just like it. It. It's out of it's not as big of a deal for Marwin Gonzalez as it is for Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Correa. I know he's not in Houston anymore, but those those were the prominent Guriel, obviously. Those were the prominent players on the Astros in 17. Marwin Gonzalez, I know he did benefit from the the scheme, but he was not 
the best player on the Astros. He wasn't one of the five best players on the Astros. On he sure World helped Series. them win the World Series, though. Ask the Dodgers about him. Of course, everyone everyone can contribute, but he's not going to be remembered for being one of the best players on that team. So that's why he's on this roster and no one really gives a crap. Yeah, and I guess this is, I mean, it's not just the fact that they're throwing glass houses recently because, I mean, we know recently, according to the investigation, Beltron and Cora told the Astros players, everybody is cheating, so we better do it. So Beltron, where, where did he come from? He came from the Yankees before he came to the Astros the previous year. I wonder where he got the idea that everybody was cheating. Do they understand baseball found the Yankees cheated? Do they remember A-Rod, Pettit, Giambi used steroids? I mean, I doubt Clemens and Pettit just discovered HGH and steroids when they got to Houston. Uh, let's go back to Whitey Ford, Hall of Fame pitcher, nine championships. This guy's admitted to scuffing balls and throwing mud. I mean, it's just, there is a mountain of evidence for 70 years that the Yankees have cheated. It's it's not even just the last few years and everybody in baseball has cheated and everybody in baseball was cheating back in the early 2000s. And there's, you know, it's just kind of funny because I, I think the, the entire Northeast has decided, well, we cheated. It was okay, but you guys cheated better. So, you know, if you cheat better, you deserve to get punished. And, and, yeah. and you guys cheated harder. So uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> right, dude. Okay. Barry, why does Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get all the hate? Because they were the poster ch child uh, from the hitter and pitcher perspective of the steroid era. Barry Bonds took horse steroids and his head ballooned to the size of a, a freaking watermelon. And he hit 73 home runs. Roger Clemens on the same thing on the pitching side, throw 97 miles an hour when he was 46 years old. Okay. The Astros used live video to get pitches in real time. That's not the same as what other teams were doing. Were other teams cheating? Yeah, but the Astros were cheating more and they got caught. And so according that's to where the hate is coming. And from. according to the recently unsealed document, the Yankees were getting live video and cheating in real time too. <laughs> no, they weren't. That's what I that's what I read to, no, to the reports. That's not true. That's not true. That wasn't in the unsealed document. I don't know. There was it's I don't know. It's just, that's what I read, but I I, I guess for the, for the Astros fans, I just I, I guess tell everybody in the Bronx, keep booing Altuve. It's working great. We love it. I here. know, I know. <laughs> Altuve's a great player. He kills the Yankees. They're gonna keep booing him and he's gonna keep hitting home runs. Yeah. He's a great player. That's what great players do. And of course, I, 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 you probably know this, but I mean, he, he's, he's the one guy that really wasn't cheating. He didn't want the information. John Boy and everybody that has recorded and looked over the tape said there wasn't the, the quote unquote banging of trash cans when he was there. The, the, the supposed, I mean, it's just so funny that we're still talking about the stupid, uh, whatever Mike or, or, I mean, the, the thing on his on his jersey because of a tweet that some bot basically yeah. put up there. It was not a real person. There, there's the evidence is some fake person made up a story and put it out on Twitter. And and somehow it's still like a, a story, like it's a real thing that happened. This is like we're talking about uh, seeing UFOs when everybody knew. Oh, yeah, wait, there was a plane that flew overhead. It's never going to go away for the Astros. These players are never going to live it down for the rest of their career. They can win. They're trying to prove that their World Series is not tainted by winning another championship. They've been to the ALCS, I believe, six straight years. They've been back to the World Series twice. 
they have a really good chance of doing it again this year because they're a really good team. Whether they win this year or not or next year, it does not matter. These guys are never going to live this down, ever. Well, the, when you say these guys, I think the other funny thing is everybody's booing every single Astro. Are they? I thought it was really concentrated to the guys still from the 17 and 18 teams. I, when I hear Yankees games, it seems like... Well, you can't go by Yankees games. Like The Yankees are going to boo Astros because they're in an Astros uniform and they're, they're the most hated team. You're, right? you're basically like, booing Yuli and Bregman now because everybody yeah. else that was involved and, is and, gone. And they are booing Altuve. Altuve gets the most hate. I know you said that he didn't benefit from the cheating, but again, that does not matter for a drunk guy out in the bleachers in the Bronx. Like, Oh, he, sure. He, he's not going to care how many pitches Altuve did or didn't get a trash can bang from, right? So it's like he sees Altuve up there. He knows Altuve is a really good player, so he's going to boo him. What did you think of the Yankees trade deadline? And who did you guys pay off the drug Dodgers GM Brandon Gomes? <laughs> yeah, I actually couldn't believe that they, they took on all of Gallo's salary. Like, I, I thought the Yankees were going to have to waive Gallo because he's just been that bad. And the fact that they even got, like, a, you know, a mid-level prospect for him was, was pretty amazing. That just goes to show you that, like, GMs around the league really do believe in the whole change of scenery thing. Like I've watched Joey Gallo for a year now, going to the West Coast, going to the Dodgers, growing out a beard. It's not going to fix his swing. His his swing stinks. <laughs> He's a bad hitter. So, uh, I, but yeah, obviously that was a priority get him off the team. But I really like their deadline moves. Uh, I graded it an A minus on my show, and the only reason it wasn't an A is because of the weird Montgomery trade. Um, where the Yankees sent Montgomery to St. Louis for Harrison Bader, uh, who's currently injured. Uh, he's a really good defensive center fielder, but he's currently injured, might be back towards the end of the year. I just didn't think the Yankees needed uh, a defensive center fielder as much as they needed a middle-of-the-rotation arm that you could rely on to go five-plus innings um, and starts. You know, the argument is that Jordan Montgomery was not going to be a, a, a playoff starter anyway, yeah, that might be true, but he could still give you quality innings between now and October. Um, and, you know, what is Bader going to be doing other than trying to get healthy, which is fine. I know not everything's about this year, but it pretty much is for the Yankees. This They need to win the World Series this year with how the, the hot first half that they had, the team that they have, Judge potentially leaving in free agency. This is a, this is a win or bust year. What exactly worries you as you go down the stretch and – you know, as you go into the playoffs, what about this team worries you? Right now, my number one concern with this team is starting pitching depth, even though they just got Montes. Um, Severino's out and they just put him on the 60-day IL, so he's likely not coming back until the end of the season. Jameson Tyon has been really, really bad pretty much since June 1st. I think he's had two good starts since June 1st. The rest have been non-competitive, where he's giving up five runs in four innings. Um, Garrett, Garrett Cole, I don't know if you saw, give up a six, six spot in the first inning today. Um, now obviously Garrett Cole is still their number one pitcher, but he hasn't been pitching like a number one pitcher, uh, in recent days. So the starting rotation overall, despite the fact that they just added Montas, which I really am excited about is my number one concern. Speaking of Garrett Cole, you know, the huge contract to Garrett Cole, some other big contracts that the Yankees have either signed or taken on uh, it, how, how, do, how does everybody look at that? What's the temperature of the fan base as far as how the Yankees have chosen to build their team, I guess, compared to 
some other teams and that have been, you would say, maybe more successful over the last few years, you know, sort of not going in that direction. Did it, do the fans, are the fans okay with it? Cause there's, well, we're going all out. That's all I care about. Or do they would rather spend the money differently? Uh, fans want the Yankees to spend more money um, because they're not currently the top spender. And if the Yankees are not the top spender, fans think, think that they're cheap. Um, that's unfair to the Steinbrenners because they're spending 260 something million dollars on payroll this year. But Hal Steinbrenner does have a, a more strict, he has a budget. George Steinbrenner didn't have a budget. Hal Steinbrenner has a budget. He has a bottom line where he's going to hit these targets. And the Yankees have reset the luxury tax a couple times in recent years, and they have not gone to higher penalties um, in recent years as well, where they will stop at a certain point. And fans are upset by that because they think, well, if it's going to prevent us from getting another player that can help us win a World Series, then that then that upsets them. Um, doesn't matter the fact that they're spending a, a ton of money. So they looked at this past offseason. Now, I think some of these frustrations have gone by the wayside because of how good the team has been this year. But they looked at this past offseason and the Yankees passed on all of the big shortstops. And they decided to take on salary attached to Josh Donaldson. And people are like, well, I don't get it. Why are you taking on 20 plus million dollars a year for Josh Donaldson? overpaying Correa or overpaying Seager or over not overpaying, but paying for those guys. Um, and I think that upset a lot of people. Um, and uh, the, the cheap tag was thrown around. I, I don't agree with that. I mean, it does frustrate me to a certain point that the Yankees, you know, won't go over a certain threshold uh, because they are the, you know, one of the biggest brands in the world, right? It's like, they're not struggling for money. So, uh, but, but I also understand it from, you know, you're not going to just write blank checks. Not everyone's Steve Cohen right now. How do you guys look at what happened with the other teams, the other contenders in the trade deadline? Did you, do you have thoughts on the Astros and what, what they did and some of the other teams and, you know, sort of how they match up with, with the Yankees? I mean, Vasquez always kills the Yankees, so not too thrilled about Vasquez going to the Astros, not too thrilled about Mancini going to the Astros because Mancini's another guy who's always played well against the Yankees. I think those two are like quality, quality, uh, uh, you know, the cliche is glue guys for for the Astros. Um, but uh, do, do you think they addressed their biggest needs at this deadline? What were their biggest needs at this de- at the deadline? Yeah, they nailed it. Um, I'm extremely happy with what they did and to not really give up anything of note was a huge part of it. The Will Smith is just a flyer. I think Odorizzi, you know, he was their sixth starter. And if Lance McCullers come back, comes back, he's seventh probably in line as starter. So he was either going to be, you know, very back of the bullpen and probably not even that. He probably wasn't even going to play. So they're, you know, they, they went after a lefty that they're hoping that they can turn around later this year. But the other two moves, you, you said it, those two guys, perfect. I mean, the fact that it's so huge that Mancini can both play both first base and left field with the question marks around Michael Brantley right now to have another guy that can, that can play left field. And, you know, first base, Yuli's really struggled this year, but he's actually been coming on in the last couple of months. And, uh, the, he seems to be playing a little bit better. So if, you know, they have to, they can move Mancini to left field. And there's a lot of flexibility there with the, the different guys. You know, Jordan's a lot of people outside of Houston might not realize, just think of him as a 
mostly at DH, but he's done a fantastic job when he's been out in left field uh, this year. He's turned into a really good left fielder, surprisingly good. Uh, so yeah, that the, the only concern with the Astros right now is you just want to see some of the guys that have struggled overall this year, just consistently show you that they're, they're out of it and pick it up. Uh, Alex Bregman, Yuli, and uh, right now, you know, Kyle Tucker's been in a huge slump. He had a pretty good day as you and I are speaking, but uh, you know, he's somebody that, you know, he's got to perform. Other people have to, you know, step up behind Jordan Alvarez. Cause uh, he's just like Aaron judge. I mean, the, the, the those two, it, it's been a hell of a MVP race. And, uh, you know, obviously Otani's in it as well, but um, it's become a, a, a really great, it's, it's, it's a really great race, but it's also real interesting that, you know, you have two guys that uh, one guy's a lefty, one guy's a righty, you know, they're a little bit different in, in, in how they are, but uh, they, they just, they could be uh, the, the, the key guy, the guys that everybody are, are talking about in a couple of months. Yeah. It'll be interesting. The MVP, cause it seems like the voters change their, the way they vote every year where it's like, Oh, this year, we're just going to give it to Otani or, or a couple years ago, we're just going to give it to trout because they're just that amazing. And then some years they'll vote for the guys who have really good seasons and are on really good teams. So it's just a little inconsistent, but I, I agree. I think it's going to come down to judge and Alvarez. Um, I, I think judge probably gets the, the edge just because he's also been a really good center fielder. He moved to center field for the Yankees this year. Um, for not every game, but it's been his primary position this year, actually. And uh, he's played a really good center field. So the value on that is also pretty high. Yeah, and also it didn't help Jordan. He missed a couple of weeks. uh, So I think Judge is going to have a few more games. And if Judge hits 65 home runs or something like that, it's going to be hard not to vote for him. He's on pace for like 66 home runs right now. And no no one's hit 60 since the guy we just talked about bonds. So, so it's been a while since uh, 60 home runs have been hit. How concerned are you that the Astros are starting to figure judge out a little bit? Are they? Yeah. I don't, I haven't, I don't know his recent numbers against the Astros. I mean, the Yankees, when they played the Astros, they played the four game series at um, Houston, excuse me, at Yankee stadium. And then the one game in Houston, then the two back uh, two after the all-star break was, you know, that was such a, annoying you know having to do that right after the all-star break but specifically those first few games in june um the astros pitching starting pitching just completely shut the yankees bats down obviously the no hitter but then they took the no hitter like deep into the game into that last game and if it weren't for the yankees coming back late against the bullpen it would have been you know a lot uglier uh scoreboard for for the yankees judge had the two big hits but otherwise he probably did did he not have any hits yeah, I think I think outside of this, yeah, they were big ones, but yeah, outside of that, um, he's had a lot of big hits this year. He's had I think five walk off hits this year, and he didn't have any prior to this year. That that's going to be a factor as well. I mean, it's Jordan has plenty of big ones. He just doesn't have the walk offs, the 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 high profile, the Sports Center, you know, walk off type. You know stuff. who we didn't mention that I really like addition is Benintendi to the Yankees lineup because he doesn't strike out. And he adds a nice, nice dynamic. He lengthens the Yankees lineup, which obviously wasn't there with Gallo, but even wasn't there uh, in general because Hicks has struggled. So you have when Stanton's back, hopefully he's back and healthy. And you add Benintendi there between those guys, plus Rizzo and LeMahieu and Glaber. That's just like really tough six or seven hitters. Has he said anything about getting vaccinated since he's shown up? He said he's going to. He said he said he'll he's willing to get vaccinated after the trade happens. So we'll see if it happens. There's only three three games left in Toronto. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true. Um, The Dodgers and the Yankees, another huge rivalry, of course, but Vince Scully crossed every baseball barrier. Not sure if anybody uh, out there didn't love and respect Vin. Any thoughts or stories on Vin as we're just a day away from losing him? Yeah, I mean, it's super sad news. I don't have any stories. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't watch or like I'm 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 34 years old so I know Vince Scully did a lot a lot of games in the playoffs more in the 80s and early 90s and and it's just I wasn't um old enough to like experience those so I don't really have a lot of time uh have having listened to Vince Scully when I have I mean he's super it's it's almost like there it was almost therapeutic listening to him call a baseball game. You know, some guys, you know, up 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 in you know really uh, high energy. Vince Scully was just like a nice a nice uh, uh, therapeutic listen to a baseball game, which was nice. So I, I really don't have any personal connection or, or stories to tell. But um, you know, obviously, baseball legend. One thing that I learned this year that I did not know, and I, I guess you guys probably this is common knowledge in, in New York, but. Michael Kay's uncle. Tell people who Michael Kay's uncle is. Do you know this? Oh, uh, I oh crap! Now that you mentioned this, I do. I there's some connection there, but you must you know the story better than I do because I think Michael Kay was talking about this on the broadcast, and I and I think I heard something about it. So, well, yeah. What is the what is the background here? It's Danny Aiello. That's wait. That's that's um Michael Kay's uncle. That that is Michael Kay's uncle. In fact. I learned it because I was listening to an uh, an old interview with Danny Aiello on a podcast, and and he talked about that. You know, I I was oh, I thought it was shocked. a Vin Scully. I thought it was a Vin Scully uh, connection or something, because obviously, of uh, yeah, okay, you know, I didn't know that about Michael K. <laughs> well, I I guess the uh, the closest thing is I I'm trying to remember if Danny Aiello was wearing. Or or maybe it was Spike was wearing a Dodgers cap and and do the right thing. One one of them was wearing a Dodgers cap, so that would be the Scully. <laughs> There's a way to connect it to Scully, but oh, uh, yeah, I was just because we were talking about broadcasters. I just the the Michael K. Uh, info was kind of interesting. Um, I guess I want to finish off with just: Do you have a, any prediction as far as how it would go? Do you think with the Astros and the Yankees, do do you feel like home home field's going to matter at all? Well, certainly, I'd rather it having the 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 uh, four versus three at home. If you're the Yankees, um, they they got swept in Houston this year. Um, after the Astros beat the Yankees the most recent time in the doubleheader, uh, Boone was asked the question about you know you guys can't seem to figure the Astros out, and I actually thought he had a really good you know statement to that. He's like, listen, guys, last year we beat them. It didn't matter because we didn't you know get it done in October. It's only going to matter what happens in October if if and when we do play the Astros. We have to beat them in October. So do I feel great about going up against the Astros? No, because they're a really, really good team. Um, but I think if the Yankees are healthy and they, they have been 500 in their last 36 games also. So if they're playing like they were earlier in the season, I feel like they can beat the Astros but it's no better than a coin flip. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I sort of have to throw a lot of this stuff out right now because I I feel like the Yankees and the Astros are both having issues getting up after after winning a ton of games. And and it it seems like you you hit that dead spot in July and August if you've been rolling like both of those teams. The The pitching, the Yankees starting pitching has been 
pretty bad for those 36 games. So it's no, it's no surprise that they're 500 in that stretch. Yeah. The, the Astros, I think the problem a lot of that with them a lot has been the hitting more, more than anything. And hopefully, you know, the two guys that they just traded for are going to help out uh, just a heads up for my listeners real quick in the next couple of days. Speaking of Vince Scully, look for my thoughts on Scully with special guest, a Houston radio legend, Jerry Trupiano. Andrew might remember Jerry Trupiano because he used to call the Red Sox games, but also called yes. the Astros games. Yes. Yes. I'm actually from Rhode Island, believe it or not, in a Yankee stand. So from the New England area. So I listened to many a Jerry Trupiano on WEEI games. Yeah. Before he was with the Red Sox, he was in Houston for 20 years. Astros, Rockets, Oilers, Houston sports radio guy. I've had him on the show previously cool. but but uh really looking forward to talk to him super great guy and uh if any of our listeners want to hear a yankee perspective tell them about the podcast one more time and how they can connect with you on social media short thing so the bronx pinstripe show we've been going since 2015 almost at uh 700 episodes we do two or three a week um you know if you're an astros fan you might not love our podcast uh, but we do have, um, you know, we do talk a lot of just around the league stuff as well. And we, like I said, we did a recent podcast with uh, Jeff Blum and David Tuttle from their show, Bleacher Blums. And and um, so I think an Astros fan would definitely be interested in that because we talked uh, a lot about the Yankees-Astros rivalry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you can check us out. If you're watching the Derek Jeter documentary, I don't know if you are. We're doing a, we're doing a watch along with that. So we've also got some some episodes there as well. Uh, I'll just finish off with one more story for you, Andrew, real quick. And this is my, my the best Yankee story that I've got. Back in 1998, I went to New York for the first time. First day I, I was there, the first day was the old timers day at Yankee Stadium. And I get off the subway stop. I'm walking up to the stadium. It's just, it, it's more unreal than I think it is because it's your, you get off the subway and I had heard about it. The stadium's right there, but until you kind of go through that, you're like, wow, it's just right here. You get off the subway and boom, it's right in front of you. And I'm walking up to the stadium and I get there a couple hours early. Cause I want to look, look around the place and just such a huge baseball fan and historian and all that. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a guy walking up and, and, but there's bodyguards, you know, these big guys surrounding. And I'm like, man, they look like bodyguards. I think they're bodyguards. And this is like a couple hundred feet from me. And all of a sudden, I noticed the profile of the person that was walking up to the stadium. I see the nose. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Joe DiMaggio walking into Yankee Stadium. 98. That was his was that his last old timers day? Because didn't he die a year like less than a year later? That that's correct. Yes, that was his. that was in fact. Um, I, I doing my research a little bit and, and you, you probably know this. He didn't go to Yankee stadium unless it was old timers day or the world series. So they had the two games against the Padres in the world series. It was a sweep. And then that was it. So I want to say this was like the third to last time DiMaggio was in wow. Yankee stadium third, to the last time that he got introduced to the crowd. And, uh, it was, it was unbelievable. And just, and, and Jim Bouton, this was his return for the first time since ball four that he had made to Yankee stadium that I, I forgot if it was more him or if it was the Yankees or if it was both, but that was also a big deal that day. That's very cool to have seen Joe DiMaggio. That's, you know, one of the, one of the legends. So that's very cool. Yeah. I've never actually been to an old timers day 
believe it or not. Um, they, they didn't play the game this year. They just did a ceremony, which I was disappointed by. I always like seeing the game. Uh, they were joking that they need more young old timers to play the game because all <laughs> the old timers are too old to actually play the game. I think Willie Randolph hit the game-winning home run. The, the Yankees actually lost the game in 98 that I went to against the White Sox. One of the, the few that they lost that, that year. Yeah, I was about to say, there was like 15 games they lost all year. That was the year they won about 120 games. It was unbelievable to actually see them. Was it 114? 114 regular season, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't that the best of their four championship years? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, the other... My other memory of, of going to the stadium is I went about five years later and they played the Red Sox. And this was July 4th weekend, but it was a Monday. It was a Monday afternoon, July 4th, I think would have been like a couple of days earlier. But of course, it was still jam packed. There wasn't an empty seat walking in and it was Pedro versus Mike Mussina. And it comes down to the ninth inning, the game tied, bases loaded the guy that won the game for the Yankees, you know, base hit wins the game. The place goes crazy. One of the loudest I've ever heard outside of a postseason, and it, was, it matches most postseason games as well here in Houston. But the guy that everybody was cheering for could not hear the cheers because his name was Curtis pride and he was hearing impaired. So it wow. was, it was incredible. And, and he was quoted later in the newspapers saying, uh, I could feel it, though. I could feel it. Yeah, the old stadium moved because it, it was uh, it's, it, it was, you know, constructed and reconstructed. So that thing was moving when when people were cheering. So, yeah, the Astros fans don't like the Yankees, but great amount of respect like everybody else has for the history and, you know, everything that have, has gone on there. And, you know, I've I've talked to. Mickey Herskowitz, who did a biography on Mickey Mantle. He's Mickey Herskowitz, longtime, 50 years writing for uh, Houston, uh, since retired. But we had a great conversation. And there's some stories if people want to go into, our, into my archives or go to the YouTube channel to check out my interview, long interview with Mickey Herskowitz. He's written biographies. We talked about Nolan Ryan and, and Mickey Mantle and Muhammad Ali and all sorts of stuff with him. So he's, he's uh, pretty amazing. But hey, Andrew, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you coming on and taking a little heat from me off the top, but hopefully it was all, it was all in fun and uh, Yankee fans. I'm, I'm sure very used to uh, getting in, in some battles over the years. Absolutely, man. No, no problem. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, hopefully we do get that playoff series because it will definitely be exciting. You're listening to Houston sports talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.